0: It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash paper The Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Obviously, the offense
1: is the side of the ball that's leaving a pretty sour taste in people's mouths here on a defeated Friday. You like that? How I term that there? It's not a Victory Monday. It's a defeated Friday.
2: It's not. It's clever, but It'd I don't love It's a Feel it. Bad Friday. I don't love it. That
1: has more alliteration to it. Feel Bad Friday is good. So. Obviously, the offense is the the side of the ball, again, that the fingers are being pointed at. But you can't say that the defense didn't have one of its biggest struggles of the season uh, against this Cleveland offense. You knew, heading into the game, that the Browns were going to want to run the football. That is their DNA, even more so when Jacoby Brissett's your starting quarterback and Deshaun Watson is on the sidelines for weeks because he's a total creep.
2: And we'll get this in later, but real quickly, Jacoby Brissett had a really good day too last night. Like I get, I get you got to go with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, but Kareem. Er, sorry. Jacoby Brissett had a really good day throwing. It's, it felt like Amara Cooper and David Njoku were wide open on almost every pass.
1: Yeah, it's uh, pretty easy to have a good day when you have such a prolific balance and such a great running. Yeah, how attack. about that? Wow, balance could actually help you. Who would have thought? But more. How about this tipping the scales in the other end of things? Thirty-eight rushes for the Browns, only thirty-one pass attempts for Jacoby Brissett. So they kept it on the ground more often than not. They did, but even when they, they were kept passing showing that the guy ball. in the stands in the Cleveland shirt yeah, run did. the ball, Kevin. It's a good shirt. I have to tip my cap to that. But when you run the ball effectively, you can see how it can open things up in the middle of the field and I think we might have written Amari Cooper off a little bit too fast. You know, I think, mm-hmm. you know, he he kind of I don't want to say struggled towards the end in Dallas, but last year he was not the Amari Cooper that we remember no, when he initially it, got to Dallas and in Oakland.
2: And it probably didn't help when he had a rookie Stud receiver come in with Ceedee Lamb, and then I believe now last year, or I believe last year it was CD's second year in the league. So when he is now at, with a year under his belt and a healthy Dak Prescott, that connection is going to be a lot more solid. And than I, it. I think an older
1: receiver in Omari Cooper. I think people got cold feet on Cooper because they were like, "Huh, hmm, why? Why are the Cowboys getting rid of him? If if they are moving mm-hmm. on from him, then it must be over the a hill, problem. Or they think that the you know the table skirt is going to be pulled out from underneath." underneath him this season, and I think they're wrong because he torched the Steelers. He looked exactly like the Amari Cooper that we remember. The only non-Amari Cooper-ish play was Jacoby Brissett rocketed one in there for an easy first down plus, and it just bounced right off of Cooper's face I mask. would say
2: that, and the rookie mistake by the veteran when Amari was running down the sidelines ran out of bounds, didn't realize he had done so, yes, and then came in bounds to get that catch.
1: Yes, that was a strange you know, gaffe on the part of a guy who's been to several Pro Bowls, has been an all-pro ride receiver, and certainly a veteran in this league. But the numbers don't lie. Seven catches for 101 yards for Cooper and a touchdown. And in Joku, nine catches for 89 yards and a touchdown, which gave Jacoby Brissett two tatties on the day. There it is. Very efficient, 21 for 31, no interceptions. He was only sacked twice. That dude's a really good backup quarterback. I mean, yeah, fringe starter. I mean, he's starting in Cleveland. He's if he had and to one. play this whole season, the Browns might scratch their way to seven wins, eight wins. Like that, he's that, that guy solid.
2: should be three and zero. Oh.
1: Very it, it much. Took so. a, it took a historic and and it had nothing to do with him. No, it, had, no. it was a historic
2: uh, fall from grace by the Browns defense last and week. Against their the kicker Jack. missing an
1: extra point yes. too. So nothing that Jacoby Brissett's done has been a. A hinder to this team. If anything, he has really exceeded. I think maybe Browns fans' expectations for how they start this season without Deshaun Watson. And yeah, he he also isn't afraid to use that big frame body of his. How many times did he quarterback sneak the ball just oh. to pick up easy yardage? And then when they're down in Steelers territory, they run a quarterback sneak, and Jacob he gets six yards on it. I mean, that how often do you see that happen? Where He went to fall forward, and then oh wait, my legs. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna keep going going and keep going. And if it wasn't for you know, I think the surprise of him getting through the hole, and not being touched, he probably would have been able to evade the safety coming up, and he would have taken that into the end zone. I think it was just the sheer like, I'm gonna put all my weight forward just to try to get an inch, and momentum's just kind of whoa 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 whoa. I just keep going because no one's taking me down. He was able to get stopped short of the goal line, but. Dude did all the necessary things that you need for a quarterback to win and none more necessary than just turning around and handing it off to their freak show, number 24 in the backfield. We said going into this game, we think he's probably the best running back in the NFL, especially when you think about Derrick Henry getting injured a lot last year and having a very slow start to his 2022 season. They were pretty close already, even though Henry was the definitive king in a lot of people's minds. It feels like Chubb might have snatched that crown. It feels like Chubb is going to lead the league in rushing when the season's all said and done, as long as he keeps getting this workload and stays healthy. He, Alex Highsmith said at the end of the game, he's probably the hardest guy to tackle in the entire NFL. You you saw a couple plays where he just looked like a pinball in a pinball machine, bouncing off of bumpers. It reminded me a lot of the wildcard game.
2: He really just took over. He was just running route. He was just running for 20, 30 yards effortlessly.
1: 23 carries, 113 yeah. yards, 4.9 yards per carry, one touchdown for Nick, and he had a long of 36, which at the time and currently is his longest run of, of the, the season. season so far. Yeah. So that dude is just a total freak. And Tomlin said it best in the postgame, you know, we didn't make enough plays, but if you don't stop Chubb, you can't beat this team. And they didn't even come close to stopping Chubbin, and from the get-go, too. He ripped off right. what was it, like a 12-yard game? Well, no, that first...
2: thir- that 30-yard run, I think was he won their very in the first game. drive, yeah.
1: He... If not their second, yeah. He's a freak. He's the fastest kid alive, and he also can't be taken down. <clears throat> he's he's no. so strong. They showed that video of him squatting. Oh, it's ridiculous. That's Jalen Hurts-level stuff. Yes, you're absolutely right. So, And the balance is incredible for me. He's got all the tools. He can he can break away with speed. He can run you over. He's got the agility. He's got incredible balance. Maybe the one spot you point to and say, "Man, he's not the best at is catching the ball out of the backfield." But why the hell would he need to catch the ball out of the backfield when you can just we shove can it just in his got just yeah, hand it off. Yeah, hand it right to him. Yeah. So that was number one head honcho thing to point your finger at the defense for and reason why the defense didn't help contribute to the Steelers trying to win this game. You didn't stop Nick Chubb, which was – that was the first marching order when you left the tunnel You knew for that game. you got to stop 24 you or else nothing, a nothing else mm-hmm. is going to work defensively if 24 is going. I don't know
2: the exact numbers, but if my memory is correct, he didn't have a very good two-game
1: stretch against the Steelers last year either. No, Nick Chubb has been stymied by the Steelers a couple times. That yeah. was what a lot of people were saying heading into this game was, well, you know what? Much like Lamar Jackson, the Steelers are one of the few teams that actually do that a good job plan, against Nick Chubb. Plan
2: against him to stop him. That didn't work out. Do you think it had anything to do with number ninety not being out there
1: on the field? It, it Probably. always has something yeah, to do with always. number ninety. Another nine game on the field. without T.J. Watt, another loss. Dating back to last year, oh six and one now yep. without T.J. They just simply do not win football games without Watt. And I got to be honest with you, defense looks okay, but it looks. Like a juggernaut when he's on the field, it just it elevates to a completely different level.
2: Yeah, I mean, you talk about—I don't know if you saw this specifically—and again, I'm not going to be able to recall the numbers uh, exactly, but it was something like you're talking about a world of a difference in terms of sacks, quarterback pressures, yards allowed, points allowed per game with versus without TJ Watt on the field. It's an entirely different defense. I saw someone tweet earlier today that the Steelers have now gone 0-6-1 without TJ, but in the games that the Steelers went without Troy Polamalu, they were able to win a lot more than they did lose. But the caveat there was I think that that Troy Polamalu, as great as he was, wasn't as reliant or relied upon as TJ Watt is with this defense. Plus, the offense that Troy was playing with had a – Ben Roethlisberger in his prime, a young Antonio Brown, he um, Le'Veon Bell was not there yet, but still a decent enough run game with Rashard Mendenhall still there for a couple of years. the 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 comparison shouldn't even be made because those teams are two totally different eras of this of this franchise. T.J. Watt, when not on the field, is the difference maker. I don't even care what the offense is able to do; the defense just cannot keep up without T.J. there to set the tone.
1: They really can't, and again, like I said, it just looks very average. It looks very meh whenever he's not out there. He's not the game-breaker that you need him to be, and we talked about how everybody needs to step up individually in his absence if they want to you know, collectively play elite defense, and I don't think anybody's played much worse, but you haven't seen the, the Hayward step up big time. You haven't seen... Minka, to an extent, hasn't stepped up big time. I mean, he this is the first, game, is the the first game of the season where he even get an interception. But you just haven't seen, you know, maybe High Smith gets shut out against the Patriots. He has a pretty good game against the Browns. One and a half sack, a couple tackles for loss. So maybe he's stepped up a little bit. But it needs to be all of the defense. All 11 guys stepping their game up in unison mm. to try to mask the missing piece of number 90. But it just... Like there's so many moments in that game against the Browns and in that game against the Patriots last week where I just feel like if TJ Watt's in there, it's a whole different circumstance. It's a whole different vibe for Jacoby Brissett for Mac Jones. You know, it's probably a lot harder for Jacoby Brissett to stay as calm and collected in the pocket as he did if he's got 90 up his backside all game long and in his face and you know. T.J. doesn't just hit. He hits really hard and... Just as Baker Mayfield. He's such a pest. I mean, mm-hmm. he's always going to be in your kitchen every single play. You're going to get the pass off to Cooper for 10 yards, but it's going to cost you because T.J. just ran right through you. So maybe it makes you think of another another uh, beat next time that happens. Maybe you overthrow your next pass because you get a little happy feet because of what just happened to you, and that factor just wasn't there. Like Again, Highsmith had a good game, one-and-a-half sack, but... I don't think, you know, Jacoby Rossette gets up, dusts himself off after a Highsmith sack and goes, man, that 56 is an animal, man. I can't get him off of me.
2: No, I mean, maybe Joe Burrow thought that, but that was because
1: TJ Watt, was also, because Watt, was, also Watt just, was also there. And it was just not
2: that he was seeing ghosts, but he was certainly frustrated. But then you look to last week against New England. If you were to ask Mac Jones, hey, what did you think of Alex Highsmith this week? He would have said, who? <laughs> I didn't see that guy anywhere. And then you look to this week and he had, as you mentioned, a sack and a half, a couple of tackles for loss, a couple of QB hits. Still, I mean, as, as, as good as he can be as a number two, he's not going to succeed without his number one on the field. Agreed with that. He's Robin, not Batman. Well, even as a Robin, he's not going to succeed without Batman out there. Right, he could have Cam Hayward be his Batman, or Minka be the Batman for the whole for the entire defense, and he could just be the second fiddle to him, or Larry O who had a sack this game, or Tyson who got involved as he always does. Unfortunately, they only gave Larry O half a sack on that one sack. They gave half to Alex to Eismith. Alex Highsmith. Yeah. Okay, well that's fair. But again, like you saw Larry O get involved, you saw Cam Hayward stuff uh, Nick Chubb or Kareem Hunt sometimes at the line of scrimmage. They weren't involved, but for Alex Highsmith, I think to be at his full potential, he needs that bat. He needs the real Batman. He needs TJ Watt out there.
1: Well, for the first time and I think forever, Minka Fitzpatrick wasn't up towards the top of tackles. tackles. He only had four tackles in the game. So is that a positive? Hey, Miles, Jack, and Devin Bush led the team in tackles. Isn't that what your inside linebackers are supposed to do? I mean, I'm not gonna lie, Tom. They they may have had some of the best
2: performances on the defensive side of the ball this week.
1: Yeah, Devin Bush was uh, pretty key in standing up Nick Chubb on that goal line, too. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Two sacks, three tackles for loss, four quarterback hits. It's not enough. Mm. And I know that we're coming from that incredible game against the Bengals and kind of using that as a barometer, but you want to get a couple more sacks. You want to hit the quarterback a few more times. It's better than it was against New England, but you want to beef those numbers up a bit more. I mean, that's the identity of the defense is they get after the quarterback so much that it forces them into throwing a couple turnovers per game. And you saw that on display to the nth degree against the Bengals. I mean, you could never expect to duplicate that again. That's like what pitching a perfect game would look like for a Steelers defense. But you didn't want to see it just have the entire faucet shut completely off and there's no more water flowing. And that's what it seems like it's been these past couple days. Again, you look at the stat sheet and you got those two sacks and a couple of tackles for losses. But does any of them really stand out to you as a major impact play? Maybe Joby and Highsmiths because but, that was on a third down and forced the punt. But it's not. But like, did that punt matter? Because what did the Steelers they do? Probably with, they probably punted. They well, you know, right you know, right
2: right. they probably what they didn't do is score a touchdown. Because the only two times the Steelers scored a touchdown in this game. We're after the Browns had done so themselves, so we know the fact that the Steelers are going to take advantage of that third down.
1: We know that they're third down sack. It. Sorry, yeah, we know that they're not going to be able to, or at least that's what the track record has said uh, all season
0: long. But. Uh,
1: See, it's so hard here for the defensive side of the ball because, again, I don't think that they were a big reason why they lost this game, but they need to be the reason why the Steelers win football games. And that hasn't been the case, at least so far in the past couple of games, because, yeah, you're doing a good job of limiting the scoring from the other team, but you need the splash, you need Mm -hmm. the turnovers, you need the takeaways, you need not a pick six, but an interception on the other team's own 30-yard line. So the offense only has to go 30 feet, thirty yards right. to get to the end zone. You, you need to go out there and take these games, and you just did not see that from the defensive side of the ball. No. And part of that has to do, of course, with the offense not being on the field long enough and giving these guys a, a break. I mean, do you think it's coincidence that we've seen teams kind of get more traction on the ground game? and? And really be able to ice games away against the Steelers' defense and get yards of five, six, seven, you know, nice chunk yard plays later in the game as the team, you know, wears down a bit, as the offense Mm -hmm. keeps going three and out in the second half, as the defense is, you know, on the field for 35 minutes of game time and counting late in the game when the downs get the heaviest. I think there is something to do with that. I think that, you know, the offense does share some of the blame in this where they're not helping their defense out enough.
2: No, they're not doing it nearly enough, Tom. I mean, we just talked about this in a previous episode. The losing formula is what the Steelers have exhibited the last two games. And if you want to be super precise, it's really like the last eight quarters after they took that 17-3 lead, uh, I believe, into halftime or whenever that lead was uh, created for the Steelers against the Bengals. Once the Steelers went up 17-3 against Cincinnati – it has been the same offense ever since that 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 last moment right you have not seen consistent ball control you have not seen a balance between the pass and the run you have not seen trust between certain players or coordinators or players with other players and that has led to the defense really struggling and of course the injury to tj watt has not helped at all if tj watt is on the field
1: do you see this game going any differently? Uh, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think they, again, I I think that maybe he doesn't force a fumble. Maybe he gets one or two sacks. But his presence rattles Bursette a For lot For sure. Uh, you're talking about
2: a presence. Jacoby Bursette, when was the last time he started a game before he was starting in Cleveland? I couldn't tell you. Colts, right?
1: Some, I think it was in Indianapolis. But a couple of years ago. Yeah. Not. I
2: mean, not anytime soon because it was... Carson Wentz starting uh, last year and then Philip Rivers the year before, so it's been a while for for Jacoby Brissett and so for him to come in and face against T.J. Watt, the reigning Defensive Player of the Year. Same with Mac Jones, Mac Jones, a second year guy, first time facing off against T.J. Watt, had an interception by Micah Fitzpatrick without T.J. to scare him away. It was Alex Highsmith who was bringing the pressure on that play. Absolutely, with T.J. Watt and this with T.J. Watt not hurt, do you see the team being three and zero?
1: I, I think it's a very. I good think chance. it's absolutely possible. Maybe the only. I think they definitely win the Patriots. Game yes, for on sure. The field. Um, maybe they don't win this game. Maybe. Well, Ch- maybe knows? Chubb still has as good of a performance. But but
2: does does Jacoby Brissett and then therefore
1: does David and and Amari Cooper? I don't think so. Two touchdowns of the Browns' three that they scored on offense were responsible f- through the air. Jacoby Brissett two to those two targets that you just mentioned. So, uh, I think they definitely have a better chance obviously to win the game against the Browns with TJ Watt on the field, I'll definitely give them that they would have won the game if he was on the field against New the Patriots. I mean, who's to say that, you know, after the muffle Chesky punt, he doesn't just get a sack and then the Patriots have to settle for a field goal. I mean, that's the kind of impact that he has. That's what he was doing for that's the what Bengals he was doing. right before he went down.
2: Don't you remember? He had a sack on Joe Burrow alongside Cam Hayward, but it was, I believe, a defensive
1: holding call on Cam Sutton that extended that drive. Exactly right. Him and uh, Cam, the two captains, combined yes. for a sack there that unfortunately was nullified by a penalty flag. Uh, the other thing that the Browns did just tremendously against the Steelers' offense or defense is they didn't lose the football. At no. All. I mean, that's something that
2: the Steelers were really in the game. Against New England because of that Minka Fitzpatrick interception, Uh, should have been another second a a second interception by Cam Sutton later that afternoon. We know how that was dropped, but yeah, zero. It seemed like Jacoby was when he was throwing the ball, there was really no windows for turnovers unless Minka was going to make a superhuman kind of play. I never really saw unless you can remember better. I don't really remember a pass that Cam Sunner or Mika Fitzpatrick or anybody could have made a really good play on I don't to,
1: either. I'd have to, to watch intercept it back the ball again yeah. to see again. I'm sure there was one or two. There's always a 50-50 ball thrown mm-hmm. up by a quarterback. But if you're a Steeler fan and you look at Jacoby Brissett, isn't that what you wanted out of Mitch? Like, he's not turning the ball over and he's being conservative – but, but still he's still moving the making ball. plays. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. He still he uses his legs if he has to. He'll Throwing the go, ball, attacking the middle of the field. He'll go 30 yards to Amari yeah. Cooper. And, of course, Cooper was wide open on that one. Sure. Day, but you still have to go there. You still have to have the balls to throw the ball deep. And brissett has been doing that. Unfortunately, Trubisky has not. Uh, like I mentioned, the Steelers lost the turnover battle by one. They were minus one in that department against the Brownies. The Brownies didn't turn the ball over at all. The Steelers did once on an Aji Harris fumble. Little concerning that both running backs fumbled the ball. Najee fumbled yes. and they lost it. Warren fumbled and, of course, Deontay was Johnny on the spot and jumped on it. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, the, do you really care about the, the Najee fumble? Like, Do you consider that a fumble at
1: mm-hmm. the end of the
2: game? I don't really hold that against him.
1: With the the Stanford band That's play? That's the lateral. Yeah, yeah, I don't
2: hold that against him. Yeah,
1: now that I'm thinking about it, like, how do you even credit I guess technically he was the last person to hold the ball. He's the to last the one ball, to hold
2: the ball. Yeah. But I
1: don't know. That's like one of those plays where uh, a quarterback throws an out and the receiver ran it in and the DB's just like kind of sitting there and he takes it to the house mm-hmm. and everybody's like, oh, there's a pick six. And it's like, Should that really count as an interception for the quarterback? Or like right. when the receiver is right there and it goes right through his hands into the defender's hands. Like it's kind of reeking of that. But yeah, with, absolutely. With Warren, so I don't, I don't give, I don't give Najee any discredit. The Warren thing—he got an earful from Tomlin. On well, the how about this? Thing it happened fa- right in
2: front of Tomlin. How about the fact that we had said in preseason, Tomlin doesn't like people who fumble the ball away, who turn the ball over, and I believe it was Bob Labriola who pointed this out to us. Once you fumble the ball, you're considered a fumbler, and Jalen Warren had that fumble in the preseason, and we said, "Okay," and 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 Labs again pointed this out to us. Your biggest task moving forward after you make that first fumble is don't become the fumbler. You you make that a one-time thing and you let everybody forget about it. But now, in, I, I get it. It's the preseason, but on the season as a whole, the guy has two fumbles,
1: and it really kind of overshadows what was an impactful play for him. I Absolutely, mean, that it was a bat. seven. It was a seventeen-yard run yep, or a reception. That was great. Um, no, I think that was the run. The reception got nullified by the The, the
2: little shovel pass. That was a penalty that got called back. So it was okay. He held on to the football on that one. Yeah, he did. But it was a 17 yard run right there that he had that fortunately for
1: the Steelers was recovered by Deontay. And again, to your point of once you're the fumbler, you're the fumbler, it's overshadowing those couple of good plays that Jalen Warren had. And he clearly has shown or displayed why he is that how do I put this? Why he made the team, why he was considered an asset over an Anthony McFarlane, why he's getting playing time over Benny Snell is because of his athletic ability and and he can really run with the football. He's got a great first step and he's very agile. But that ball security, maybe that's why you're an undrafted yeah, Maybe that's why you didn't get picked in the fourth, the fifth, the sixth round, something like that. Maybe they're looking at your tape and they're saying, yeah, Warren's got all the skills an NFL running back needs, but that ball security, he doesn't hold on to that ball as tight as he should. And really, that fumble was indicative of it. The guy barely poked the ball yes. when he was carrying it in his right hand, and it just boom, exploded out of his hand. So you got to hold on to the ball tighter, and you're right, I mean— He's in dangerous territory now of being labeled as that fumbler and that taking away opportunities that he could get on the field.
2: I don't I don't want the Steelers to hold it against him too strongly. I get it, if the ball goes the other way rather than Deontay recovering it, it's a diff it's a completely different story, right? You're talking about Jalen Warren is one of the reasons that the Steelers lost this game. You could easily say. People fans could easily find that. Find the logic in that to make an argument that Jalen Warren was the reason the Steelers lost this football game, but because it didn't go against their favor, I'm hoping that the Steelers continue to use him because Tom he had a really good day. You take you you hold on to the ball, and he's ha- he's having as great of a day as you can as a backup undrafted running back could have.
1: Yeah, except for that fumble.
2: I get it. I get it. But still, when he was excuse me when he was involved. He was uh, – Craig Wolfley and Max Stark say this on the broadcast week in and week out. The guy, his nickname now was always falling forward. Yep. But they brought this up also last night that he didn't even need to fall forward last night because he was getting wide open lanes and taking them. And, and he was – when he was involved in the pass game, he didn't need, he didn't need to initiate contact and just drive the guy to the ground and fall forward. He was able to keep going. So I really liked what I saw out of Jalen Warren. Is just yes, we need to we need to fix
1: this fumbling problem. Subscribe now to the Steelers Standard. Every episode we do is going to be available for you to download. Subscribe today through the Steelers mobile app, the iHeartRadio app. And wherever you find your podcast, create all four accounts, Apple, Spotify, iHeart, Steelers mobile app, and subscribe to the Steelers Standard. Fireside Friday coming up next. Take a look at the action up on the schedule for this Sunday and Monday night in the NFL. He's Jacob Recht, I'm Tom Opferman, and this has
0: been the Steelers Standard. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools.